What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined again, Mello and Connor here. A special Saturday morning Stick to Football. Guys, we're going to recap what happened Friday night and get folks ready for day three, where we will be covering rounds four and five live. The three of us Stick to Football takeover on Bleacher Reports, YouTube, Twitter, and in the app. Mello, are you excited for your on-camera debut? I'm very excited because a couple of my guys are going to be available. We're talking, you know, Jared Stidham, Foster Moreau. I get to talk about them. Uh, Lefko doesn't get to steal my thunder on that one. And we get to wear jorts together tomorrow. <laughs> a little surprise for everyone. Uh, I hope. It's unfortunate <laughs> you can't see our legs under the desk. Uh, it is going to be fun. Tonight on the show, we're going to break down, uh, not super in-depth, but round two, round three, and then look ahead to tomorrow. But guys, I want to start here. Josh Rosen traded to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, our loyal listeners know, I think we've been calling this shot for about 10 days that this was the most likely landing spot. I thought that the Dolphins were really, really smart about this. They came on the clock at 48 overall, and a lot of folks have said that's where they're going to trade for Rosen. They didn't. They traded back 14 spots, picked up a 2020 second-round pick, and then traded for Josh savvy. Rosen. It's really a savvy move for sure. So 62 overall goes to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals also sent um, a fifth, I believe. Um, so Josh Rosen now, I think, the starter for the Miami Dolphins. We all assume that's going to happen, right? I mean, he has to beat out. What's his What's his nickname? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic? Fitzmagic. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. It's going to be tough. It looked like he is really hitting the gym pretty hard this offseason, <laughs> taking this starting role serious. So Josh Rosen's going to have his hands full trying to compete with that. Josh Rosen's competition at quarterback said he spent the offseason eating too much birthday cake because <laughs> he has too many kids with uh, birthdays close to each other. Yeah, so, like the whole month of May he was yeah. just eating. Now, I understand. When you, when you look at the landing spot, I, I have some concerns because – you know, obviously this is a rebuilding team. That's okay. I think they have some really nice pieces on the defense. But the offensive line, you know, they're still working on it over there. And when it comes down to it, this is a guy coming from a situation that that was a problem. And he's not a mobile player. And I'm very curious to see how he works in this offense and also just how he grasps the opportunity because there might not be many after this. Yeah, first-time offensive coordinator as well with exactly. Chad O'Shea. They did draft Michael Dieter from Wisconsin who played left tackle there. Maybe he plays right tackle opposite Laramie Tunsil. Uh, I am hopeful, and I know you and I kind of talked about this on Adam Lefko's show. I'm hopeful, guys, that Rosen sees this as an opportunity to go somewhere and like start over. I've already seen the reports from some some guys in Miami saying, you know, the player, the play wasn't the problem. The player was in Arizona. So I think Rosen, whether that's justified or not, this needs to be like a little bit of a wake up call that he kind of like kind of needs to be on his best behavior when he gets to Miami. Well, it was already a problem. We talked about it a year ago through the draft process that he kind of rubs people the wrong way. And I think it, it really surfaced in Arizona, at least when he was on his way out. So he does come to Miami. The play is great. I've, I think I said it on last night's podcast. If he were in this draft, he'd be quarterback number one for me. I loved his arm. I love his talent. A great football mind. He's just got to work on that locker room presence because he is not a locker room guy. And he's in a position at quarterback where you have to be a locker room guy. You have to lead the team. You are the face of this organization now. Yeah, exactly. You go across the league and you look at each quarterback of each team. I mean, high character across the board for almost everyone. Not everyone, yeah. but almost everyone. Everyone's successful, though. Definitely. So yeah. it's it's a tough situation. 
He's really got to, you know, I don't want to say put up or shut up here, but this kind of feels like, hey, man, mm-hmm. like people have been doubting you now for a long time. And yep. eventually that's just going to be what it is. So I'm rooting for him. I'm excited. To see. You know, I, I want to make that clear. I thought there was a lot of coverage and I'm not going to really name names, but a lot of coverage over these last 24 hours that was completely unnecessarily ripping apart Josh Rosen. Let's give him a fresh start down there and see what he does. I agree with that. Let's move on, guys. The draft started with Byron Murphy, and the corners seemed to come off in pairs. Byron Murphy and Rocky Sin went 33-34. Then Sean Bunting and Trayvon Mullen go 39-40. and Jawan Williams and Greedy Williams, the Williams brothers, go uh, 45-46. and So the run on corners actually happened uh, Friday night when we expected it to, and I really liked the placement of these guys. Of the corners who went in the third round, and there were a bunch of them, uh, which was your favorite that you saw? Seven corners drafted. Oh, in the I'll third go round. first. Yeah. I'm going to take Greedy Williams to <laughs> okay. the Browns. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he gets to play opposite of Denzel Ward, who is another guy. Well, he was my cornerback one in that draft. So now they have two what I consider shut down corners because I do love Greedy, and I know that he fell here in the second round, but that's still a guy I don't care if he t- t- tackles anyone. If you can shut down a side of the field and you can pair up with Denzel Ward, that's a great matchup there that they have in Cleveland that they can go shut down anybody in the AFC North. There, I don't think there are any receivers that can compete yeah, with that, Mello, that Mello corner duo. There. I shouldn't have left that one out there like no, that. <laughs> I mean, Byron Murphy was my favorite corner in this class, so when you look at him coming off the board to start the day, I thought it was phenomenal from Arizona. Getting an impact guy with great ball skills, great instincts, and yeah, I know we've talked about he's a little small, but he doesn't play like it. He's a physical player, so I look at Byron Murphy here, and I was really, really excited about that pick. And then just one more here, Sean Bunting to Tampa. I think Bunting has all the traits of a, of a top corner. Yeah. He just needs to develop. He's not going to be playing in Central Michigan anymore. Now he's going to be down in Tampa <laughs> under Todd Bowles. Football. Yeah. Todd, you know, for all the flack that Todd Bowles has gotten, he could develop defensive backs. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Absolutely can. Uh, my favorite corner pick, I'm going to go Trayvon Mullen to the Raiders. You guys know how much I love this player. And I like that Mayhawk went to all these like big schools. Like, like Clemson, Alabama, Mississippi State, and gets high-character guys. So I like Mullen. We also saw a run on safeties. And I don't know if it came across on the desk when we were doing the live stream. I was shocked that Marquise Blair ended up yeah. being the third safety drafted in this class. I don't think anyone saw that happening. So he comes off the board at 47 to Seattle, who had a weird draft. And then our guys, Nasir Adderley, goes 60, Taylor Rapp, 61, Juan Thornhill, 63, good safeties come off the board around too. And it sounds like Juwan Williams from Vanderbilt is probably going to play safety with the New England Patriots as well. Big corner, very big. Is he the guy that's like almost six foot four? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? That's ridiculous for a cornerback or any defensive back. Yeah, I'm with you all the way there. And I look at Taylor Rapp's the Rams is unfair. Mm -hmm. This is a first round player to me. And I know, Melo, you've agreed with me for a long time on that. Matt, I know you've been very high on Taylor Rapp. It's just, I think this is such a good fit. He's going to stay on the West Coast. He's going to go be a guy that can get on the field right away for the Rams. Listen, you know, Mark Barron, he could kind of play that role. He could do a lot of things, though. Yeah. Let's not get him mistaken. Taylor Rapp's fall to me was a mistake, and I think teams are going to look back on that one and realize it. Yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife in your defensive backfield. I mean, whatever you want him to do, he can line up in nickel. He can be a free safety. He can be that strong safety. The Rams got a very good weapon there to – to help that defense, it has a lot of holes. Guys, there was a run on wide receivers. It kind of went in the opposite order that we expected. Though Debo Samuel, we knew that was going to happen to the 49ers. Uh, but then A.J. Brown falls all the way to 51 to the Titans. They get a really good player. Miko Hardman, the Chiefs trade up to get. 
The Eagles get J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. The Colts get Paris Campbell. Andy Isabella, I think the shock of the, the round, goes to the Arizona Cardinals at 62. That was the pick for Josh Rosen. And then D.K. Metcalf closes it out at 64. Mello, we didn't get a chance to talk to you on the desk tonight, and we were kind of rushed through these picks. So I do want to take a moment to talk about McCole Hardman and the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs traded up to take a 4-3-3 speed receiver seemingly points to maybe pushing Tyreek Hill out the door. It does, unless you were on Twitter uh, watching the draft as well. As Nicole Hartman had some questionable tweets out there. I know that maybe he was young, but still, it's a bad look when you're replacing a guy like Tyreek Hill with a guy who's already coming in with problems. We talked to Nicole. It seems like he's a good dude. Uh, he just messed up. When he's, he's not young. eating his chips during his interview. He's on, so that was somebody else. <laughs> oh, actually. Never mind. Yeah. My bad. Uh, but I like the player. Uh, the fit there, he's going to be a guy that is going to come in much like Tyreek Hill, the player, and develop. He's going to be all over the field. He's going to be kind of a gadget guy until he really learns receiver. This is a guy that was a high school quarterback, then came to Georgia, played three years at receiver. Now he's still learning that position as he goes into the NFL. So he's a little bit behind developmentally with route running, but the tools are there. The four three speed is there, and that's what the Chiefs need. I think there's going to be a lot of Nicole Hardman touchdowns in Arrowhead. I'll say that right now. I'm just curious. I just can't wait to see Pat Mahomes throwing the ball to him 60, 70, maybe 80 yards. Who knows? Let's get crazy, boys. <laughs> you like, LeBron uh, James, not, yeah. not 60, not this 70, is, not yeah, 80. Right? 150 <laughs> yard touchdowns. I mean, let's get it. Let's get it going. I loved this pick. Yeah. Let's, uh, before we move on, take a break and then we go to round three. I know we're going rapid fire here, guys, but Drew Locke does go to the Denver Broncos 32 picks later than we thought he might. He goes at 42 overall, and I hope the quarterback competition is open. I know Elway said it'll be Joe Flacco, but come on, really? I think it will be in camp, and then we're going to start to see some competition. I mean, Joe Flacco lost his job last year to a rookie quarterback. I don't know that that camp started with competition, but it doesn't matter. As soon as he starts throwing interceptions, those jobs tend to open up when quarterbacks do that. And one of the coolest moments of the night, just to see how excited Drew Locke was to go to Denver. I mean, you could tell he genuinely wanted to be there. It's absolutely bonkers about the draft is that where somebody gets drafted will make me root for you or seeing the Giants react to Daniel Jones. Now I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm on board with this (laughs) guy. (laughs) Seeing Drew Locke react the way that he did to Denver, I'm like, yep, going to support that guy now, even though he's in Denver. Like, I hope he gets his stuff together, all the tools in the world. I hope he really hits. All right, guys, we are back. We're going to go rapid fire through round three. Some of our favorite picks. I'm not going to make you go position by position until after this because running backs came off the board so fast in round three. Daryl Henderson went to the Rams. David Montgomery to the Bears. Devin Singletary to the Bills. Damian Harris to the Patriots. And then Alexander Madison goes to the Minnesota Vikings with the last pick of day two. So a lot of running backs. My favorite one, I'm going to steal the moment, is David Montgomery going to the Bears because I know you're both going to say the same thing. Well, because it's the perfect fit. It's an ideal situation for both the team and the player. So I think he's going to excel, and I think he's going to be running back one in that offense. He's the guy that can really carry the load. I like Cohen, but I think that he's more of a third-down gadget kind of guy. I think David Montgomery comes in there. If you are a fantasy football player, you're going to want to go ahead and get that guy in your draft. And I'm excited to see David Montgomery running in that negative 10-degree weather. Oh, People shame. just bouncing off of him. <laughs> He's not wearing right. sleeves. I mean, no honestly, way. and we didn't actually talk about this a lot before the draft, was anyone in this draft more born to be a bear? No. <laughs> he no. looks like a Chicago like, bear. Yeah. Once you realize the Steelers weren't going to take a running back, you're yes. like, yeah, David Montgomery's a bear. You just see him playing in the snow, 30 touches, 130 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. He's going to look like Cedric Benson wearing 32, field. though. 
Don't put yeah. that evil on him. <laughs> Minus the dreads. <laughs> Keep him off Lake Travis in a boat and he won't get in any trouble. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite, though, Connor, goes to the Jets and not trying to just play favorite team draft recap sure. here, but that is a big pick. A player who at one time we all had as a first-round player goes at 68 overall. 60, yep, 68 overall. Yeah, you know how much I love this player? I mean, the Jets had a gigantic problem at edge rusher, and let's be real, Ja'Kai Polite has round one talent uh, in terms of traits and film at times. He just completely bombed this process and it was actually good to hear him on the call after admit all of that he said i have to prove a lot of people wrong i made a lot of mistakes throughout this process which was great to see for jakai polite and if there's anybody that can you know put him in a role to succeed and not put too much on his plate but just get after the quarterback i think it's greg williams and one more note here guys Having Quinn Williams and Leonard Williams and Henry Anderson next to you, that'll set you up for one-on-one And having Jamal Adams behind you. Just screaming yeah. at yeah. you. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, yeah. Go ahead and Get try to, to slack off when you have him in your, as your leader on that defense. Oh, I really like God. that pick, too, because like you said, that's a first-round talent. If he can get his shit together, he's going to be a pro bowler. And every year we see somebody go through the draft process, and it's too much for them to handle. doesn't mean yep. he's going to be a bad player, but the interviews, the workouts, everything— I don't think no, the average person realizes how much these guys are going through. It's not just show up and run 40 yards real fast. It's a lot of work, 90-hour weeks probably plus, that they're putting in to get ready for this stuff, and it, it takes a toll on you. And I think that's a great point, Melo, that a lot of people overlook. And one last thing on Ja'Kai Polite to the Jets, they have two guys there, and Brian Poole and Marcus May, that are, you know, in that Florida, Florida family, yeah. and they are the type of players will, where you know the fr- the team will approach them like, hey, can you take this guy under your wing? We know you already have a relationship with him, mm-hmm. so I think that's something we shouldn't overlook here. Same could be said from Cleveland McGreedy. Yeah, absolutely. With the LSU receivers there, they're going to keep him in line just fine. Two perfect picks happened in the middle of this round, and we were in a separate room, the Mellow, and and like. We're like twins where we have separation anxiety, even though we're four years apart. And I just wanted him to be in the room so badly for when Scary Terry went to Washington and got reunited with Dwayne Haskins. Were you? I was pumped. I was like shouting on the desk. I wasn't that excited. I would have rather him fall into a team that I liked more. But the fact that he goes to Washington with Haskins, I think is a really big deal because there's already that rapport there with those guys who played together for a year the Redskins have a lot of really good things going with this draft. Like they talked about Daniel Snyder took this thing over. What the hell has he been <laughs> doing? Like, because this dude can draft us. If this is all him, then I, I really like that pick. Scary Terry coming off the board. And I'm going to go ahead and guess, Matt, the other one is Chase Winovich. Going to the New England <laughs> Patriots. When we interviewed him, I asked him, I was like, hey, if Belichick said he wanted to draft you, would you cut your hair? And he was like, yeah, I would do that for Belichick. So I'm interested to see what happens here. I think we've said throughout the process, this is the best pick for Winovich, best spot for him. I thought he was a top 50 player. I thought that was about to be a lead to uh, Pipkins. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it was not. There's no Trey Pipkins talk. Um, I I, I love Winovich here. This is crazy. It always happens. I'm always like cognizant of when the first player gets drafted that I don't have ranked. It's usually like round five, round six. You hope it's round seven. When Quincy Williams got drafted tonight, I felt so bad for the programming team because I was like, we didn't write a scouting report on this guy. They can't send one out to people because he's not good at football. And I want to back Matt up here. When you open up NFL.com to open the list of picks, it gives you a drop-down option, and you can see what Daniel Jeremiah's quote on him was after the pick. Yeah, DJ, who's amazing, goes, 
There's not a lot on him, but he's the brother of Quinn. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Like, That's nothing congratulations. else. Hey, being the brother of somebody will get you places in life. <laughs> but, like, me and Eli have found that out. But me and right? Matt up there felt the same way. We're like, what? Yeah. Round when, three. When I heard it, when I heard Lefko say it, it's like, what, who? Like, Quincy who? I had to, like, ju- and then Murray State, and I was like, oh, Oh, yeah. man, okay. I feel like there were a couple reaches here. The BYU linebacker, Will Harris, out of Boston College kind of yeah. here. I, those were probably players that I think you could have waited on. And then Trey the, Pipkins. Yeah, whoever the heck that is. Cody Barton from Utah. Hey, I want to highlight one guy, though, who might be viewed as a reach. I fucking like him, though. Pittsburgh Steelers take Deontay Johnson at the top of the round. I had a tweet lined up, ready to go. And it was going to say, I hope the Chiefs take Deontay Johnson today. And I thought that might be a little bit high. Like, I know I like him. I might be a little high on him. And then he fucking goes. I should have sent off the tweet. <laughs> At the top of the round. Yeah, but then he's going to the Steelers. That's another great situation where a receiver that I like gets paired up with a Hall of Fame rec- quarterback. So, And the, the team that is the best at drafting and developing Wide yeah. receivers in the entire NFL. Uh, Jalen Hurd went one pick after that. And and I will say quickly, because I know we have a lot of Niners fans who listen to this podcast. I think he's a tight end. And I, I believe that we'll hear that come out. Um, and, and maybe I think Kyle Shannon actually has already said that they think he might play there. But as we were doing the live show, that was one thing that this dude's 6'4", 225. He's not playing wide receiver. I mean, he's going to play tight end. At Tennessee, he was six foot four, two forty. So his body can put that weight back on. And I think that he can just be a do-it-all guy. Like, I don't even know if you can really call him a tight end. Scouting this guy out of Baylor, even, they would still line him up in the backfield, and he was taking handoffs. I think he can do everything that you want out of him. I'm glad to see that a team like the Niners that are going to use him and take advantage of all his tools went ahead and drafted him. Yeah, now we're seeing that Shanahan offense come together, really, with his handprints on it, with Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, George Kittle. I mean, they're going to be a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Two of my favorite picks before we go to break happened at 100 and 101. Will Greer goes to the Carolina Panthers. Yannick just goes to the New England Patriots. It's so unfair what the Patriots do because they just get perfect players to fall to them like Winovich, Damian Harris, and, and Yannick just. I think I think Kajust is going to be a starter in the NFL. I'm with you all the way. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to beat out the other left tackle that they have there. I don't, I'm sure he can play on the right side. He could probably play guard, but you're right. The Patriots, it's just... I don't know if it's really, really good drafting or if they're just so lucky that these guys fall to them. I don't know what their deal is, but they've got something going on where they're going to be good for the next 20 years. All right, guys, we will be together for day three. Tune in on the Bleacher Report YouTube channel, the Twitter account, and in your BR app if you're out and about. Uh, tomorrow, you'll want to check that out. We go live at noon Eastern, covering rounds four and five, and then Connor and I will be back in your app grading every team's draft. So, Back in your app. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you yep, said. That's what I said. <laughs> no <laughs> confusion there. Back in your app. That's a good t-shirt. I like it. Uh, let's talk about those guys that are best availables for day three and maybe shed some light on why they are here. I'm just running down my big board. 39 overall, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I believe it came out tonight The interviews were poor for him. So that is is a concern. But I did think, man, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had snuck in late first. Yeah, we had talked about that before, too. This guy is could be in the first round. Now it's going to look like maybe the fourth. I mean, surely he's got to be taken uh, early, early Saturday. Yeah, you look for a league that needs more cover players. This is the guy. I mean, yeah. uh, he really does remind me a bit of LaMarcus Joyner. 
So I, I was disappointed. I, I was with Matt here where I thought, hey, we might hear his name in the first round, but we're still waiting. 448 speed still sitting out there. So Deontay Thompson, Alabama safety still on the board, wrist surgery. Our guy, Adam Heiser, I don't know if you guys saw that he tweeted this, and I'll say it because two of my top four players left are Alabama guys. And Nick Saban had that rant a while back about guys shouldn't come out of school early. And he has so many players that weren't drafted. So Deontay Thompson and Mac Wilson both left school early, and they both still sit here undrafted. Yeah, and I mean, go ahead and throw Christian Miller in that too because he was he's a still senior. available. That's true, but and I'm Isaiah Bugs came out early though. That's he's who I'm available. thinking of. Yeah, uh, Alabama guys. I think there's this perception that oh, I'm at Alabama, I'm a starter, I'm going to be a high draft pick. It's not always the case. The NFL doesn't care where you went to college. They'll find anybody. Obviously, Murray State and Sioux Falls in round three. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm not too shocked about Mac Wilson. I had him 84th, so this is a little bit of a slide. But when it comes down to it, yeah, it's it's disappointing for them. No doubt about that. Thompson has just had such an early rise in September and just a fall ever Uh, since. Do you remember the kid at Louisville, uh, Drod Holloman? Of course. He's kind of reminded me of that. Maybe not the extreme, but... The early tape was so good, and then the more you dug in, it was like, ah, he can't tackle. And then like, he got a little hype, and all, yeah, he stopped yeah, tackling. He had like yeah. 14 picks, yeah. though. It was ridiculous. Um, Hakeem Butler is number 47 on my board, not drafted yet, and I know there were a lot of questions about him, a lot of comments in the BR stream. Well, guys, why hasn't he been drafted? He's Some people have him as wide receiver one. He's 6'5". He ran a four four eight. He can't catch the ball, and that's a pretty big job requirement for a receiver. I think a lot of people watch his tape, and they see him make these circus catches, and they're like, oh, my God, his hands are amazing. Unless you throw him like a slant or a comeback right in the chest, then he's going to drop it. Yeah, so are you surprised that he's been undrafted? I'm not. I'm really not. I know that he ran like a blazing 40 time, but I don't think that shows up on tape. The hand consistency doesn't show up on tape, and you need both of those things to play receiver at the next level. Yeah, I want to make this clear. Teams were not as high on Hakeem Butler as Twitter was, oh, and yeah. including media, including media, not yeah. just like people on Twitter. So, I mean, somebody will be right in the end. I'm just saying, like Melo just said, this is not a surprise. What I want to do sometime this summer is go back and look at our last year's big board and like find guys that the, the league was right on and we were wrong on and vice versa, because there will be plenty of those. Jarrett Stidham is the top quarterback still on my board. I'm a little surprised that he didn't go, but we never saw a run happen on quarterbacks. We saw the first rounders, Drew Locke fell, and then Will Greer went very, very late. So I would think Stidham and Tyree Jackson go pretty early round four. Yeah, I would think so too. But with quarterback, you get into this weird window now of these are probably not guys that are going to be your future, so you're going to hold off on them. Like You already have your guy in your locker room, that is either your quarterback or your quarterback in waiting, kind of. And these guys don't fall into that category, so they're not going to go on you know, round two or round three. You see guys like Will Greer sneak in here, but Ryan Finley, Jarrett Stidham, Tyree oh, Jackson. Ryan Finley. There's a name. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the Ryan Finley might go late first talk like last oh, how week? How could I forget last, it? There was talk about and it last week. here we are, me? heading into round I four. I swear on my children there was talk about oh, that. I'm From, glad I didn't see that. There's a, a certain network that is abbreviated, and they sometimes put a plus into their content. One of their people said he could go late first round in the month of April. Those freaking people in Bristol. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I'm just saying, uh, Riley Ridley's out there, Julian Love, and then... Kelvin Harmon, uh, Connor, I know you really liked him at yeah. one point. Do you think it's just the speed question? I do. I, I mean, I have him at 29, Matt. I think I saw you had him You had him in the top 74 overall. Okay, yeah, which yeah. is still high on him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's speed questions. I think possession-wise, this guy has it. I actually 
think the slide in a way might help him because he might go to a better team in a sense where not only will some targets be there, but he doesn't have to go be the number two right away yeah. or the number three right away. So, yeah, Harmon's an interesting one for me along with Hakeem Butler. And then, you know, there's still some talented skill guys left in this on the board right now. One thing I'll say about those two receivers, they're both big guys. They can't play special teams. And when yep. you get into this part of the draft, he's going to be your third or fourth receiver. He has to play special teams. So someone like Emmanuel Hall from Missouri maybe could bump above those players and just because he can play special. Riley Ridley's still out there, too. Yeah. yeah. He's so, kind of slow. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not entirely surprised, but still, once again, there are some receivers out there. So here's a, a funny story, anecdote, story, whatever, same word. I uh, I had Riley Ridley pretty low, and as we were doing Draft 400, I was making team calls on positions, and I called a couple of teams. was like, hey, like I don't really like Riley Ridley, but everyone I talked to says to move him up. And they were like, I mean, his brother's pretty good. He was a first-round pick. Where do you have him? And I was like, I have him like round four. And they were like, oh, no, like you got to get him up. So I moved him up. It was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to trust these guys. If Like four or five people were like, he's going to go earlier. And I caved into it, and he's uh, and here we are. And here we are. Well, another guy, our you know Texas guy, Charles Mini, who's still on the board. A lot of people had him at the end of the first round, and I looked at that mock draft and was like, "You have not watched the Texas game. (laughs) If you did, it was that first game against Oklahoma. Because after that, I did not see whatever you're seeing to put him in round one. And I mean, he's still available. Chris Boyd's still available." A lot of good talent there. Isaiah Johnson, the cornerback out of Houston, still available. I There weren't runs on positions like I really thought there were going to be. Like with a receiver, I thought once it started in the second round, everybody was going to get a receiver. It was going to be Oprah Winfrey in there. You get a receiver. You get a receiver. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it lasted two or three picks, and then we moved on to a different position. And, guys, before we wrap this up, I want to make one thing clear. When we're on the desk tomorrow, Hunter Renfro watch begins. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I think he might get picked more off the desk. Round six or seven? No. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're going to get you a Andy shot. Isabella just got That's drafted. That's true. That's true. Uh, before we go, uh, anyone have a favorite player left on the board? Not top ranked, but a favorite player left on the board? Karan Higdon for me. Just a, a guy one. that I really enjoyed, when, and he was in here, just an, a really mature dude that, yeah, he'll probably be, what, fifth, sixth round pick and a backup running back in the league, but for a very long time. I mean, do I need to say Foster I, Moreau at mm, this point? I knew who you were going to say, so I, don't I think I need have to. to. Future Patriot. I'm going to take David Long Jr., the linebacker, oh, not the corner. very good. He's a feisty little dude. <laughs> like, I don't care. I mean, he's not that smaller than Devin Bush, but yeah. he somehow got like a oh, I'm small label. So, all right, guys, that is our show. We'll be... be- we will be back. Man, my mouth is tired. We'll be back uh, Wednesday morning with a regular podcast. No, Monday morning. Monday we morning. will be back with a regular podcast. Then Wednesday morning, then Friday morning. I'm back on schedule. By the time the you're listening goes. to this, we might go to uh, be in your BR app. Is that what you say? Yeah. Be in your app? I'll yeah. be in your app when so. you listen to this. Get in there tomorrow at noon Eastern. We will be breaking down rounds four and five, and then Connor and I will grade every team's draft. For Connor and Mello, this is Matt. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you guys real soon.